We streaming? Hey! Uh, Welcome everybody to Wayfarers Christian Church Deep Dive session. Welcome to the Wednesday night deep dive. (laughs) (laughs) Whoop whoop! (laughs) It is a... um, uh, I usually do this, but we, uh, we, we're just trying something new out, trying to do something a little bit different. Um, and of course, as soon as we got uh, about ready to get started, the IT guy for the college here where we stream out of showed up and accidentally unplugged a power cable and we lost internet for a minute there. So we are, um, just a few minutes later than even the later time we had originally <laughs> said we were going to get started, but, uh, either way we made it, we're here. Or live. Thank you, guys. Thank you to any of y'all that are joining in with us here. Um, as I mentioned in our post earlier, we have a special guest with us today. So I wanted to introduce you all. This is Dave Llewellyn here. Say hi, hi. Dave. Uh, good, good evening. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Dave is um, uh, a, a good friend of mine. We've known each other for. I guess you've known me since I was little, 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 little. So uh, uh, Dave is. Um, you know, they always say it's really important to have a, like mentors in your life and then people that you are mentoring. And Dave is one of the few people that I would consider a, a mentor of mine. He's really helped me in a lot of uh, times in my life. He knows all the good and the bad and <laughs> <laughs> keeps it a secret even still. That's right. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But he's helped me through a, a, a lot of different times. He's been a good uh, spiritual mentor for me. And so... Uh, Based on the topic today, I thought he would be a really, really great um, addition to our usual duo that we've got as we talk through um, some of the the different issues today. But but before we get into the into the actual topic, we um, we always do a little bit of a icebreaker. We're hoping to give you all opportunities to get to know us a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, today you'll get to know Dave a little bit better mm-hmm. here too. Yeah. So um, we, Noah's got an icebreaker question, I think, yep. for both me and Dave. I so. do, I do. Uh, what uh, do you got, Noah? We'll go with Nick and then uh, Dave. Uh, if your life was a movie, what movie would it be? Okay, so if my if my life... So, like, I have to pick a movie, to that's, a, a movie that's already been yeah, released. That's been released. Hmm. That's right. You asked me this question yesterday, I and I uh-huh. not yesterday, earlier today, didn't I? Wasn't it earlier today? Um, I think it was at the music stream we did last oh, uh, yesterday. You're right. You're right. I forgot. So okay. Um, which, by the way, if y'all haven't watched uh, the live concert stream we did yesterday evening, you should go check that out on our page as well. You, you really know, should. I like that. Just another shameless plug. <laughs> 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 um, I, I don't know. Uh, the For some reason, the movie that came to mind for me is a movie called It Might Get Loud. Um, the guitar yes. documentary? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jimmy um, Page. It's J- uh, got Jimmy Page, um, Jack White, and The Edge from uh, U2. Yeah. All kind of talking about like how they, the history of guitar and all kinds of various different things like that. And so there's a couple of reasons I picked that movie, but it's just kind of funny, too. <laughs> One, I'm not a loud person, so it's funny that it would be... <laughs> <laughs> that I would pick it might get loud. So maybe I'm ironically picking it because I'm not very loud. But I like guitar as well. I'm a guitar player. You do love um, guitar. So I, I've always enjoyed that movie. But I think it's a documentary as well, which I also enjoy documentaries. You I just do. like inf- information and learning information. So I like that. But I think what I really like about that movie is you get um, 
these three very different kinds of guitarists who, who, who all play guitar, but all approach it from a very different perspective. So, uh, Jack White is kind of this like old school purist. Um, Jimmy Page is the, is the classic rock, rock and roll, loud amps and, and, uh, electric guitars guy. And the edge is kind of that like modern, he's got like racks full of effects and all kinds of stuff that he does. And I love that they are all able to sit down in that movie and all find common ground on the things that they enjoy, but then they can also introduce each other to some of these different ideas. And I try to do that with my life in general. I, I'm I'm always trying to learn about a variety of all kinds of different things. I, I feel like the scene where Jack White takes a Coke bottle and straps it to a two by four yeah. and then layers it over with just a string. He puts it's like just, a single guitar string yeah. on it and, and just then does like a crazy puts riff. Puts a pickup on it and then plugs <laughs> it in. I feel like that's just you. The, the, as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, that's you. I've seen you do this. I've, so, take, I've seen you take something that's like shouldn't work but does work. <laughs> well, thank you. So, again, because of uh, all of those reasons, uh, I, I pick It Might Get Loud. That's the movie for me. So, what about you, Dave? Have you got an idea? Well, I think one of my favorite movies, it's uh, my background, I, even though I have my IU shirt on, yeah. is, uh, is Hoosiers. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm big into sports, mm-hmm. um, but Hoosiers is a story of a guy who goes to a small town. He used to be a big-time coach, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks he's got an agenda. Why is he here? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that whole thing of we have a... We have a, a secret life, mm-hmm. the, mm. a secret past, and all those kind of things, and it's trying to to connect with people on a world that's other than basketball. Uh-huh. You know, basketball used to be the big thing; he was at the big college and stuff. Uh-huh. Now he's in a small town, and everybody's judging him for who he used to be instead for that of past who he's. Yeah, and trying to work through. All of that to where people get to know him as a person hmm. and that he's really uh, there for those kids. And, and, and there's basketball involved in it, and I enjoy yep. that too. But hmm. and there's this underlying theme, and there's this guy who's an alcoholic that he brings on as the assistant coach uh-huh. to try to mentor him. And, and he would get thrown out of the game on purpose to make him coach uh-huh. type of thing. Uh-huh. you know. And it's one of those things that starts a lot of – uh, underlying uh, all kinds of storylines. Yeah, storylines underneath it. It's not just huh. a basketball movie. No, so. That's a, I've that's a great. Watch, I've got to watch this movie. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been recommended to me several times, and I've been on like a sports movie kick lately. Yeah. Oof, just because I used to hate sports, and then over the last. Um, since I got married, really, I've been getting way more into sports because my wife's whole family is really into sports, my wife included. And that one has come up over and over again. Right. It's like, if you want to watch a good sports movie, you should right. watch Hoosiers. Hmm. So. <laughs> so perfect. That would be mine. That would be the one. All right. I like it. Well, I don't have a fancy radio transition into our topic <laughs> oh, right no. today. Oh, no. Oh, no. No segue. <laughs> no segue. I can't think of anything. But um, I, I, I figured what I could do, Dave, is I'm, I'm going to just kind of summarize my main points I made during the sermon. All right. And then we can just kind of uh, go into the conversation from there. Um, the reason I, I thought Dave would be a great uh, person to bring on with this topic today is just that he's the one that really introduced me to a lot of the ideas that I shared with uh, you all in the sermon. But my basic point for the sermon was that um, 
part of the Great Commission, part of the instructions that Jesus gives us, part of what he's calling us to, there's this very particular phrase where he says uh, that part of our job is to teach people to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And um, I grew up always thinking that it it just said, teach them everything I've commanded. So, like, our job was to memorize Bible verses and memorize uh, the commandments, whether we followed them or not. That's not a big a deal. It's just you know you just that's Old Testament stuff. That's Old Testament stuff. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, and and so somewhere along the line, I I was in uh, finishing up in Bible college, and I started to come across a lot of these Bible passages, like that one particularly, where I just really noticed that Jesus said that part of what we're supposed to be doing is teaching people to obey. And um, you were teaching some classes at our church that I grew up at, where you were doing that with people. You were you were walking through this um, this same uh, curriculum that you did with everybody, right. and and a big part of that curriculum was was helping people understand that part of the good news of Jesus is that um, you can obey what he says. That is, you know, that is something that is possible. And so my point with the sermon was that, um, that that is a part of the good news, that obedience to Jesus is a part of the good news. And I specifically mentioned that, um, I think that, uh, one of the ways that we learn to obey Jesus is by being a part of a church and that that's what the church does is, is we, we, I, I quoted a passage from Hebrews that you were also the first one to read to me about what the church is supposed to be doing and that we are supposed to be spurring each other on towards love and good deeds, which is that obedience to Jesus. Right. Um, but I know that there's all kinds of other facets to that, uh, that question and um, to that particular topic. And so I figured um, we could just kind of go through a few different ones as we go along today. Um, but before getting into those, I, I thought it might be helpful if you could share with us a little bit of, of your own story in, in arriving at learning some of this kind of stuff. So I learned it from you. Where did you learn it? Where did you well, pick it up? I, I was I remember sitting in my office and I had gotten to a desperate part in my life. And mm-hmm. I, I sort of relate it to somebody who's an, an, an addict hmm. coming to that rock bottom place where they go, okay. I can't do this anymore. Like an you know? alcoholic. Yeah, like an alcoholic. And uh, you got to reach rock bottom. I remember doing this. And I'm in the ministry, uh, you know, and you think, you know, ministers have everything together and sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I'm sitting there and I, and, uh, I, I read a passage that said, uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. And my question I've always been raised to the best of your ability. I would always add that little phrase, you know. Husband loves your wife to the best best of your ability. ability, Instead of as Christ loves the church. And then I started Mm -hmm. thinking, well, it really does say to do that like Christ. And I know that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, is that really possible? That was my first question, Mm -hmm. to live like Christ. And secondly, why would he call us to do that? What's the purpose of that? And mm-hmm. in the same way that uh, an alcoholic has to come to the realization that there's a better life hmm. than what I'm living now. And I always thought, well, this is it. You know, uh, the reason I'm a Christian is because I want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I know I'm a sinner. I need Christ to do that. And so, but I found that there's a whole new thing about a better life that Christ wants us to have. And that comes through 
being who he wants us to be. And that comes from him saying, okay, here's a, here's how life will be best. And that's what the commandments are, is this yeah. is how life will be best. And so I start going, well, does he really say that? Does he really ask me to do that? And then why? Yeah. And so I began to come across passages. And, and over and over again, there were passages that said, uh, Christ set you an example that you should follow. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking, well, how can I do that? And that's mm-hmm. where the journey started was there's a difference that comes at the the time when Christ is raised to, to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that is that we now have this ability because Christ died and rose again, that we can be raised to walk a new life, a different mm-hmm. life. And there's a past and a, and a, and a future for us now. And uh, I, it, it turned my marriage around. You can talk to my daughter. She's about your age. Yeah. Uh, she can remember in my life when I decided it is possible to, to, obey, li- Jesus. to obey Jesus, to live like he wants us to live. And that's uh, something that it, it was exciting. It my marriage became a, a honeymoon again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was just a whole new life. Yeah. Um, so we we were talking before we started recording about that um, that song Ch- Chainbreaker. that's yes. Been out right now, and and you were talking about the <clears throat> the line he in it where it says, "There's a better life. There's a better life yes. out there." You know, Jesus is a, a chainbreaker, and there's a better life that he's promising us. And um, I'm like you, where I. <sighs> used to think that what that meant was like well i don't know like heaven someday or something right, like exactly. that but yes. um but uh but right now i'm just always going to be a sinner and there's nothing i can do about it and all that kind of stuff and 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 i also remember that time when you started to really discover some of these passages and you started showing that several of them to me and um showing me that 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 there is a there is a better life that comes from following the commandments of jesus and that we're kind of selling ourselves short a little bit sometimes by just assuming that there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, and it's not uh, what a lot of people think of, that there's these burdens mm-hmm. that the commandments put on us. Uh, there's a passage in First John that talks about uh, that his, his commandments are not burdensome. Mm-hmm. For the person who's looking to Christ, yeah, it's not a burden to love my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a burden to love my fellow neighbor when god said don't covet there's a reason for that Hmm. you know it there's a better life if you don't covet Hmm. if you're content with what you have there's all and so it it is a a better life but we're sometimes we're so often searching for it someplace else right and uh he says i i I know what's gonna make your life better yeah and a better life so like i feel like a lot of people will hear that and maybe push back a little bit on that and say like well yeah i i I get that like it's trying to like obey is the key you know i don't want to continue living a life of alcoholism or whatever but like i'm addicted to this substance or i'm like you know i feel like i'm it has a power i'm chained in this in this way of life um well i i guess i'd be like what is what can you describe like the process of you going from that kind of life to that new life where your marriage was kind of re- reborn and like mentally was it just like willpower did you just like oh the bible tells me i should be this way and i'm i just start doing it now or was it like supernatural even like was it like the spirit kind of shift in your heart or like walk me through kind of like 
what was kind of the step progression from one type of life to another? Well, I think it it's it started. In, there's a passage that talks about. Well, let me back up a second. There's this picture I used to have of, uh, you know, people talk about what, what's Christ doing now, mm-hmm. you know, and in my mind, he was up there preparing a place for me to go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, really not active in my life necessarily. He's mm-hmm. given me the word and everything, but there's this picture that started to come clear through scripture that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the same power I used to raise Jesus from the dead is available to me to live this better life. That's an, uh, that's a lot of power. I yeah. don't know if you can raise somebody from the dead, but I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. And God says, that's the picture I want you to have. And so Jesus is sitting on the throne. He says, he raised up, sit him on the throne, and he gives him power over everything. Mm. Uh all dominion. It's in Ephesians, the first chapter. He talks about everything is placed under his feet for the church. Jesus is sitting there actively, and then the next picture is Jesus casting out the Holy Spirit on the beginning of the church, mm-hmm. and that power that's available for us. And so many times, I would think before I would think about obeying the rules, obeying the rules, obeying the rules. Mm-hmm. And now, what he says in in those passages is, you focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus, because that's where your power comes from. That's where the source comes from to live this life. Uh, no amount of, you know, determination and all of those kind of things is going to bring about this better life. And it's the same thing. I, I have a good friend who's a who's an, a, a recovering addict, and he says the same thing. I don't care what I try to do to beat this addiction. Hmm. You know, it's only through the source of power of God that that I'm able to, that's the first thing I need to realize. And so it's focusing on who God is, what Jesus did, and he's raised me to walk that same life too. And so it it was a total change in where my focus was. It wasn't on the commandments as rules. Hmm. It was on the commandments as what's, but not, not a burdensome thing. Yeah. But what's Uh, possible with that power. Exactly. That is available to you. And uh, so, so the, that, I'm trying to remember that there's a particular verse that says that, right? The, the same power that. Yes, it's in Ephesians 1. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah. Sorry, be I'm good old to school. show people here. You look on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. We'll see. Uh, let me find it here. So. It's thing. right before the second chapter. I know that. I'm not great with memorizing scripture, but. Well, there's a Jeremy Camp song that has that uh, phrase in it, too. So. Yes. Uh, That's what came up when I Googled it. What's the phrase you remember from it? It says... If, oh. uh, you got it. Ephesians go. 1.20, right? Yeah. It starts in 19. And his okay, incomparably 19. great, incomparably great power for us to who, who believe that power is like the working of... His mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right, his right hand in the heavenly realm. So that's that picture of it's not just what Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. It's what God did through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he says, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can ever be given, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church, mm. which is his body, the fullness of him. Uh, 
him who fills everything in every way. So the, what Christ is doing right now, he is there for me. Hmm. And later on in another passage, it talks about all the things that, uh, man, I can't think of the, but, but it talks about all the things that we try to do to uh, overcome our sensual desires. Mm-hmm. He said they don't work. Right. Mm-hmm. He said the de- very next chapter is chapter 3, Galatians maybe? Uh, but, he, but he talks about the fact that uh, you set your eyes on things above, not right. on earthly things. Yes, mm. that's right. So all of the things of these rules and everything, that's not going to give you a better life. Hmm. Uh, they don't quench you, what's in, they don't right. take care of what's inside of us. Uh, we can't overcome them. But like in Romans 7, I used to focus on that, you know, I keep doing the things I don't want to do and right. I don't do right, the things right. I want to do. And, and uh, we leave it there and the end of that chapter is... Uh, but thanks be what, to God. What a, re- what, what a oh, wretched yeah. man I am. Who, right, will, who right. will rescue me from this body of death? That's where I lived. Mm-hmm. You know? I, that's, and someday I get to get rid of that because I get to go to heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, no. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he says, thank be to God, be to God yeah. uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the eighth chapter comes. Right. The eighth chapter is all about life in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the whole change is... What is Christ doing now? Well, Christ conquered sin and death, and he raised to heaven. He's sitting on the throne, and my focus needs to be on him. And when I do that, and his example, and it says he suffered for us so that he could help us when we're tempted. Hmm. Right. And so he's there for us to live the life that he showed us by example. And my focus is there now uh, instead of the rules. You know, the rules are still, they're, they're binding. Mm-hmm. You know, if we just think of the rules. Mm-hmm. But if we think of uh, a better life that Christ has for us, and just focusing on him, then that's the, that's the transition that began to happen in my life. It was, not number one, like the alcoholic has to believe that he doesn't have to drink anymore. Mm. You know, there is a different life. But it's only through the power of God every single day that he wakes up. And that's how, that's how every, every day I get up, I think of a, my life as a, a sinaholic. Right. You know, that those things, I know what it's like to travel down that path and the chains that come from that. Mm-hmm. And I want a better life than that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have to live in those chains. So, so if I can understand you right, you're saying that there's, there's this power that... Uh, Christ gives us that when we focus on it, we can overcome uh, this feeling like we're broken and dejected. And I, and I can get that for like alcohol and addiction substances because there's like a physical quitting the drink things. But oh, nice, Nick. nice, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it seems a little harder with sin overall, at least to keep that mentality because you know. I don't know if I've ever gone a whole day without sinning, you know, and I think that's even preached a lot of time in like churches is that you don't go a whole day without sinning. What, how do you keep that from becoming a defeatist kind of mentality where you just kind of, well, I'm always going to, you know, mess up in some way. I'm always going to break a rule. Is it just ignoring that or is, is, is there some type of way to kind of overcome that? 
Well, one of the big passages, I, I started with 1 John, and I read mm-hmm. it every day for 30 days. Somebody challenged me to do that. And in the first verse of the second chapter, it says, I write these things to you so you won't sin. Mm. Um, but if you do, we have one who speaks to the Father on our behalf. His mercies are new every day. Mm. That's what Scripture teaches. And he also teaches if, you're, if you claim to walk with God, but you're really walking in darkness, right, right. that's a whole different thing than what, yeah, yeah. you know, if we're walking in the light and he's purifying us, giving us that life. So I, I try to look at every day is a new day. Mm. And if I mess up and I fail, then that's uh, God doesn't want me to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's one of the things that uh, when I thought about when I started reading passages, we have the help from God the Father. Mm-hmm. He says He will not let be, you be tempted beyond what you can handle, and when you are tempted, He'll provide a way out. So He limits my temptations to what I can do, and then He always provides a way out. So I need to always be looking for the way out instead of looking for the way to put it into action, mm-hmm. because temptation is going to come. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said He suffered so that he can help us when we're tempted. Then Romans 8 says that the Holy Spirit, if we put to death the desires of the sinful nature, we have life. We're going to live. If we live by the sensual nature, then it's like death. And so we've got the help of God the Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, to live this better life that's not like Romans chapter 7, which is, I am so frustrated mm. that I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And, and you talk about a physical addiction. Uh, sin is an addictive thing. I don't care what mm. sin it is. Uh, I, maybe some of your listeners would be uh, be testimony to that, too. We can become addicted to shopping or, mm. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Uh, pornography is a big one yeah. for guys. You know, there's all kinds mm. of things we can become addicted to that are not a physical sense. But, man, I, I've been down those roads. Yeah. Mm. And it's there's an enjoyment in it from our sensual nature, but man, there's chains, and it's it's not it's not the freedom that we think we will get. It's not the better life, mm. and God knows that, and He wants something better for us, and He He will empower us to do that. But I have to add the same attitude, my friend, who is a cocaine addict. Has mm-hmm. every single day I wake up, I want to live that better life, and. I know that there are things that will lead me down the other path if I, I'm not focused on that. Hmm. Um, so so he has to he has to start his days with a um, a decision of a direction, like a direction that he's trying to go. Right. And um, it sounds like, especially like with that First John distinction, you were saying, John the apostle is showing us kind of two different ways you can go. Um, there is one which is the person who is striving or who who is has made the decision to leave the darkness behind them right um and and that person is the one who who is listening to the words of the apostles listening to the scriptures you know all this kind of stuff so he's listening to john when he says i'm writing this to you so you don't sin um but if you do you know that the that there's mer- god's mercies are, are new and that he's there for you but the the direction you're facing right. is still away from that sin and darkness. But John is calling out specifically the people who claim to follow right. Jesus, 
but are still living in that world of darkness. And and his caution to them is that that's not possible. You can't claim to follow Jesus and be in this world of darkness. Um, so, so it's kind of like a direction thing, maybe. Like it's like yes. it's like who are you facing? Which way are you facing? Um, and so I I don't know if I've ever told you this, uh, Dave. I, I read a um, a really cool book that was talking about a little bit of some of the history of the early church. And they had this really um, cool description of what some of their early baptism rituals were. Mm-hmm. And um, they were supposed to... Bless you. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, when they were supposed to uh, go down into the baptismal uh, waters, and they would face... I can't remember if it was west or east, but they were supposed to face one direction, and okay. they were supposed to renounce... Um, the devil's lordship over them and renounce sin and death. And then what they would do is they would turn the other direction. Oh, that's cool. And announce their submission to Jesus's lordship and a, um, the, the, the decision that they were going to do to follow a new life. And then at that point they would baptize them and raise them up. But I just loved that there was this very physical, like, you know, they, they, they would face one direction and say, this is the path I was on before. This path of darkness, of sin, of death, of slavery to the forces of evil in the world. And I'm turning away from that. I'm facing back towards Jesus. And now this is the the path that I'm on, the life right. that I'm on. And I remember um, just as a, us talking over time that that was... Uh, it sounded like a lot better news to tell people because I feel like what I used to grow up hearing was this kind of like, it's not really going to help you any, right? right. but, um, but, but you'll feel better. You won't feel as guilty or something like that. That was the gospel. It was like, basically you're still going to be a horrible sinner, but, right. um, but, but you'll at least, uh, <laughs> you won't feel as guilty about it because you'll know Jesus forgave you for it. And, um, and, and weren't you taught that you can't live like Jesus? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was taught that, and and it's so different than what Scripture says. Yeah, I think the verse that comes to mind for that is Jesus actually saying, we'll do greater things than he ever did, mm-hmm. um, which has always blown my mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think that's where it connects back to what you were saying earlier, Dave, about the, that same power of the Spirit who... who who was raised Jesus from the dead? That 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 power is available exactly to us. So it's not necessarily that we are. We know that if it's up to us, that power is not there. Right. I do not have the power to do because no. <laughs> my my entire life up until this until the point of following Jesus is a, is a total proof of that that yes. I don't have the power to do that. I'm a hopeless addict to sin. And probably times after you became a yes. Christian even that when we forget that. Yeah. You know, that we can we can go back on that path if we're not if we're mm-hmm. not careful. If if we start focusing on the rules or or we have this mentality that uh well, grace covers everything. Right. Grace teaches us to say no mm-hmm. for or Titus says. And so there's this sense that um well, and it gets back into the one of the things you asked me of this progression. Um, 
my friend goes to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would somebody go to Alcoholics Anonymous or drug, uh, substance abuse? uh, Yeah, Narcotics Anonymous. Narcotics Anonymous. Why why would they go? Um, I don't know. Why? Why why do they go? I mean, I would. I would assume to, you know, try and kick the addiction in some sense, you know, or at least have a support group for the addiction. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you read that passage you're talking about in Hebrews, it yeah. says, uh, now that we have the blood of Jesus, we can come near to God. Mm-hmm. And he says, as you come near to God, don't forget, meet with other people who are trying to come near to God, too. Mm-hmm. We we think of that in terms of I use that passage used to be used to guilt me into going to church. Right. That's what I said on Sunday. Yeah. I've only ever heard this preached by preachers as saying this is why you should come to church. And. Uh, that's, and that's it's real, it no, it, the church needs to spur one another on. It, it, it's the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting mm-hmm. to where I know I'm going to a place where I'm not going to be condemned for my past. Right. We've all come from that, but w- our, our purpose is to draw near to God. And when the Alcoholics Anonymous person goes to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting or Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. they know they're not going to be judged. Right. But they're going to be, if, if they go... Uh, I've heard people in a sermon say, everybody who's sinned, raise your hand this last week, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And trying to get you to to admit that we're all sinners, we're all fallen, you know, and we're all going to continue to sin. Yeah. I can't imagine an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, yeah. somebody getting up and say, okay, everybody who's taken a drink this last week, raise your hands. Raise your hands. And then just move on like and nothing just, happened. Yeah. yeah. Because the purpose is to get rid of the that past life, that thing that has us in chains, and the possible, and we can, and we all agree that we can. Now, if one of us slips, if I'm an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, and you mm-hmm. take a drink, what is my attitude toward you going to be? It's going to be, I mean, empathy. I think knowing where I've been, um, and, and and reminded and you and that, reminding, that yeah, you remember this. There's a better life than yeah. that. We don't want to go back to that life. Yeah, and that's the whole purpose of meeting together to to spur one another on to love and good deeds right. is just that reminder that we have for one another that says, you know, we know what the other life is. Mm-hmm. We don't want to live that life. Yeah. There's a better life. And the immediately after those passages, it talks about if we continue to sin after we've received it, yep. that's the old life. Yeah. So, so you described to me that like part of the way that you conquer this is by not thinking about it as rules, but, if you're spurring someone on, generally the way you spur someone on is by pointing to the rules. So how do you constructively help someone into that? Is that just a choice they have to make inwardly to like seek that power? Or is there something you can do to, you know, if we're using the example of you and Nick, Nick slips up and you're trying to spur him on, like, do you have to kind of... What would that look like? What would that look like? Do you have to... Um, do you have to kind of wait for him to make that choice of power, you know, to grab that power? Or is there something you can do in that moment? Hey, I, I use the illustration, uh, like any of you ever golf? It's not as big no. a sport. As, yeah. But usually <laughs> you go out and driving well, range. Well, yeah. I was awful at it. You so. usually go out and force him, you know. Mm-hmm. And if there were four of us and we, all of us had a trouble with cussing. Uh, when we hit a shot, because that's, you feel like cussing (laughs) when you hit a shot, you know? So all of us decide at the beginning of the round, we're going to try to encourage each other not to cuss when we, when Mm. we hit a shot. 
You know, we've all made that pact. That's what we're going to do. Mm. And so when we get to the third hole and I, I'd pull out a driver and hit it way over here and I cuss, what are you guys going to do? You going to condemn me? Mm-hmm. What what would you what would you do? I, I think I would just remind you that we all made that exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, that is what the church should be as a reminder that we this is the path we're on. But I don't think we start off with that when we call people to 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 Christ. We start off with we're all sinners and we need to take care of that sin thing. So let's talk about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And when you look in Acts the second chapter, when Peter preached the first sermon, yeah, he says repent. What you're talking about? Turn right. around. And then, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Mm-hmm. And then, he says, he baptized them, and the number were added. There's this thing that I don't think we do when we call people to Christ, is to, to help them to understand what this this change is, what mm-hmm. God is calling us to. What, what What's the agreement you're signing up exactly. for? Exactly. That is a part of that. and. It's and the same it way. Yeah, it's the same way with Alcoholics Anonymous. You don't go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting expecting to continue to drink. Right. Mm. You go there for a purpose. There's something I this got me in chains, and I need an answer for that. Mm. And most people don't. Uh, they look at Christianity not as an answer for the chains of of all these things that cha- that bind us. They look for a forgiveness for that. Right. Not an answer for that. And God has an answer for it. Right. And he that's obedience. That's a, a better life. There's a power that he ha- he's offering you. Exactly. To overcome that. And yeah. uh, that's an exciting gospel to me. Yeah. Uh, the, the gospel is just uh, we're all sinners and can't do anything about it. And God's up there preparing a place for us. So when we die, we get rid of this miserable life. That's that's mm. not that's not great news to me. Mm. Uh, mm. The good news is that, you know, through obedience... He has there's a better, better life. life. Yeah. Absolutely. So whenever we talk about a lot of these kind of stuff, a lot of these issues particularly, the main thing a lot of people um, get worried about, get concerned about, is um, salvation by works is mm-hmm. kind of the, the language a lot of people will use. And they'll reference um, s- some of Paul's words specifically, um, they'll uh, talk about verses that talk about the law and how um, we we aren't saved by works. Right. You know, we're saved by faith, and um, it's it's a part of the history of the of evangelical Protestant church that right. we're all a part of. You know, that the 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 Reformation that was the big focus for them was to. Um, really rediscover the, the, the beauty of saved by faith alone is right. what they'll talk. So when you start talking about obedience, I've had this experience myself, when you start calling people to obedience in any way or saying that that's a part of what the Christian life is about, um, people start uh, get really uncomfortable and they accuse you of preaching salvation by works. I'm right. sure you've heard this yourself oh, too. Yes. Do you have, have you thought through what, what how, how do you think this is not that's not what is being preached here. How do you think it's different? What's the what's the but answer I, to those people? I am a disciplined rule follower. That is my nature, mm-hmm. and so I understand what we're talking about. And that's that was my go-to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I went for a whole year running every single day because I can do that if I put my mind to it. Right. When it comes to salvation, there is nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it is all about. 
transformation that God makes happen. Mm-hmm. It, going back to the Alcoholics Anonymous, they know they've tried everything to break the habit. Right. They've tried everything to get rid of the change, and there is nothing I can do. So salvation, being saved from captivity of sin, that has nothing to do with my willpower. That has nothing to do with works, my works. Uh, it has to do with transformation. Uh, in Galatians, no, yeah, Galatians, it mm-hmm. says, if you live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires. Of the yeah. sin. It's this new life that if I do this, I won't do that. That's all it is. It's not about work salvation. It's about a path of direction. And if I'm doing this, then I won't do that. Yeah. And this is the obedient path. And that's so. Yeah. My we're we're created Ephesians two again. Uh-huh. Uh, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Mm-hmm. We're a new creation. We're God's workmanship. It has nothing to do with uh, my determination to do right. that. Um, right. And so we, I talked about this in my sermon on Sunday. I, uh, I described myself as a goody two shoes. I'm somebody that mm-hmm. never broke the rules. Outwardly, I, outwardly, I'm, absolutely. I, that's why we connect so much. Absolutely. There's yeah. this, there's this life that I had underneath the table. Yep. You yep. know that. that and was. so, and so, when it came to like following the rules or what was expected of me, I I did all of that. You right. know, I followed the rules and all that kind of stuff. And, um. Uh, people like us especially i think i think everybody does but especially people like that really need to come to that understanding of how powerless we actually are exactly um and so you've described it uh in terms of alcoholics anonymous and i think in their um vernacular that they talk about hitting rock bottom Mm -hmm. a lot you know just kind of that that that's how they describe that it's just that moment where you realize your powerlessness right um is that the only way uh, we does it just have to get to the absolute worst possible (laughs) like uh do they have to hit rock bottom you have to hit rock bottom every time to be able to be uh moved to you know, not necessarily, right. but I think you need to come to the realization that there is no power inside of us that can. We have to come to Romans 7. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's this who will rex- rescue me. doesn't have to be. Some are going to be more desperate than others, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to come to the realization that that none of this stuff that I've been trying works. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still am going down that path. There's a passage uh, in Second Peter where it talks about... Uh, God's given us everything we need for life, holiness, and godliness. Then he says, and we can participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption uh, that's in this world. That's the, the, the gospel is about participating in God's divine nature. About, mm-hmm. It's not about me becoming better. Mm-hmm. It's a participation with God. Mm-hmm. When it talks about in the Great Commission, he says... Uh, go teach them to, to obey everything I've commanded you, and right. what follows that? And surely I'll be with you always. Yeah, there, it's a, the presence of God. That's where this whole thing transforms. I had a guy, he told me that he he uh, he had a hard time, he and his girlfriend, they weren't married, but they would do things they're not supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. they were having sex outside of marriage, and he said, I, I can't help it. And I said, um, she had a, the, the girl, the his girlfriend had a little little girl, three-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. I said, 
do you have trouble when she's in the room? Hmm. He said, nah, no, that's, yeah, we don't do anything when she's in the room. I said, when God's in the room, mm-hmm. we live different. Mm-hmm. If we think about the presence of God and walking in the divine nature and, and him being active in our life, it changes hmm. the way we live. We really think he exists. Yeah. That that's great. That'll preach. <laughs> so 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 the and, and I'm just thinking out loud yeah. here, but that just that makes me think a lot of um, the way Paul frames things in Corinthians when he is um, kind of getting on to some of the Corinthian church people for uh, for visiting the prostitutes and right. the temple prostitutes and all this kind of stuff. And um, I hadn't thought about it in these terms, but what he tells them is. Um, don't avoid visiting. He doesn't tell them, don't visit the temple prostitutes because you know that's a sin. He tells them, don't visit the temple prostitutes because you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. God is with you. Right. That's what, that's what, that's what is mm. in this place. God, God is together with you. And, and, and when you have sex with somebody, you are, um, joining yeah, yourself to exactly. them. So you can't join God to that sort of right. sin. And so, um, think, that think sounds about, like what you're saying, you know, that, that, God, that God's presence with us is something that has changed now. Exactly. And it should help us also to, um, to have, to succeed, I guess. Right, because when you think about uh, the story of David, mm-hmm. most people know the story of David and Bathsheba. Right. When David was on the roof and he looked over and he saw Bathsheba. Right. Do you, do you think he thought, man, God, what, do you, what, what should we do next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What what did he have to do? Right. He had to ignore the presence of God. Mm-hmm. You, you can't say, God, help me, like you did with Goliath. God's right. with me. You know, he wasn't facing Goliath without God. He went to a place where he, he had to ignore God. That's really interesting because Noah and I were just talking about this a few days ago, that it's always been interesting to me that later on when David um, is repenting of that sin, when uh, who's the prophet that... Uh, confronts him Nathan. Nathan Nathan so when Nathan confronts him about it and he repents uh, David says because uh, it's connected to what you're saying da- David says I have sinned against God exactly he he recognizes that what he did in that moment was a sin against God not just against right yeah it's kind of awkward because he doesn't say he sinned against Bathsheba right. or exactly. Uriah <laughs> yeah sorry Uriah I, I killed you about this <laughs> killed Uriah yeah. <laughs> I mean think of all all that that planning that he did mm-hmm. and carried out those plans God couldn't be in this picture mm-hmm. God can't be in that picture mm-hmm. um, and the thing about the New Testament is and what has changed and what's so exciting is now that is something that is available to us to live within us. And there's a change from, people talk about, you know, I really relate to Peter, you know, because he had this tongue and went off and all that kind of stuff. But but they always talk about before Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Right. Look at the apostles after. Right. When the Holy Spirit was available to them, they became, they were hiding out Mm -hmm. and became people who, uh, I mean, they would die f- yeah. for their faith now. Yeah. And one of the main passages that changed me, uh, this attitude of we can't live like Jesus or right. we can't live that life that he wants us to live, um, is the stoning of Stephen. Hmm. Hmm. When Jesus was crucified, what did he say? Father, forgive them. Yeah. 
they, they don't know, know what they're, they're doing. doing. And everybody says, well, I couldn't do that. I, you know, I, I couldn't be like Christ and do yeah. that. But then Stephen, Stephen did. did exactly yeah, what Jesus I did. About that. Wow. And we can, mm-hmm. if we accept this new life that he wants us to have, the alcoholic isn't going to get rid of his change by thinking, well, there's nothing, there's nothing better for me. There's, right. there's no better mm-hmm. life. This is, and I was there. That's how I was raised. You're, you're going to continue to sin, do the best that you can as far as living like Christ. But, uh, we're all going to continue to sin. We're going to we're miserable in the seventh. But thank God we get to go to Him all, all the time and say, you know, please forgive me. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. That's not what grace is about. Grace is an empowering thing. Hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, go ahead. Forgive me for this question, but sure. I know it's one that's probably going to be asked. So <laughs> I I feel like I should ask it. I feel like there's a lot of people in our society today that are coming out with new sciences that are saying like not being able to do certain actions and resisting temptations is way more biological and it's way more, you know, they're, they're starting to say that even like chemical imbalances cause certain things and certain ways of living and, um, even, yeah, even with alcoholics, people will talk about there's a genetic component that they right. seem to see where c- certain people are more prone to alcoholism. Right, right. right. Or even in elderly age, um, people with Alzheimer's tend to um, be more grumpy. You right, know? right. Um, just and, older people. Yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What is like, you know, if the gospel is freeing, then why does it not seem to help with these mentally impaired situations you know um is there is there really an answer to that or is that just something we kind of have to leave up to god or you know it's you know again i sorry for asking the question but it's it's one that's that i know people are going to raise so well i i understand that physical thing that we live in Mm -hmm. Uh, i have adhd Mm. you know and i fought it for years Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, the same thing, if if God is God, then I don't need anything to help me with those things that are that are right. physical in mm-hmm. nature, you know, and uh, I suffer for having that attitude. Not, God could, mm-hmm. if he wanted, take something away that to allow me to live that um, life without the need for my ADD medicine, but he's never... He doesn't promise that, number one. Mm -hmm. And he has allowed for things to help us with those physical things. Mm. But but even because there's a major topic going on right now about pedophilia and trying to make that a a normal thing. Right. Mm. You know, there are things that our sinful nature is going to be attracted to. Uh, There are things that, um, yes, there, there are. We can't rely upon those things to to be an excuse for living outside of the what he says is going to give us the better life. Mm-hmm. So all of those things had to be taken in consideration of what does he say the better life is. Um, right. That that and that's been part of uh, you know we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. ourselves. One one of my ways of looking at it, and I'm curious what you think about this, but I, I've I've particularly noticed that part of the reason that the the 
the gospel is physical good news as well for the mm-hmm. physical earth mm-hmm. is that it um showed me that that God cares about the physical and that it's something mm-hmm. that's important to him as well and that um the goal isn't just to leave these bodies and go be ghosts and or angels in heaven or right. something like that and um I think too often we we corner God into the spiritual world. Right. And then we think the physical world is all us. Right. So if we end up finding a physical source for a certain temptation or a certain sin, and then we find a physical solution for that, we are uncomfortable with that because we think that means that God wasn't involved in it in any way exactly. whatsoever. Yes. And I think as I have um, grown more in my understanding of how God works and realizing that he's he is involved in the world <laughs> itself, right. um, that, um, he, that, that has changed my view of a lot of that kind of stuff and seeing that God can work through those, those means as well as he often does. Um, through those physical means. Right. I guess what I'm saying is if just because there's a physical solution, I don't know that that necessarily means God isn't involved. In right. It. <laughs> I don't know that we got to what you were talking about. What, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just Expound like, a little bit. Uh, I, there are just many situations where like, it seems like, uh, the reason people continue in things that we would call sinful seems to have some type of, biological component like i had a friend of mine growing up that was prone to angry outbursts mm-hmm. quite quite frequently and uh he was prescribed a adhd medicine because he had it um and they found out later that that was actually what was causing all of these angry outbursts was the fact that he was taking this adhd right, medication right. you know and uh when they found the right medication for him he became a lot more friendly to be around you right, know? right and i've never been able to sort of meld that with what you're talking about basically uh where uh i i just don't know how christ and the power of christ to overcome sin meshes with a situation with that experience yeah. right and and it's hard because uh, when you look at the 12 apostles mm-hmm. and the story behind, they all had different personalities, mm. you know, and they all had different traits that, and, and Christ didn't come to make them one type of person, mm-hmm. mm. you know, and he's going to work in your life with the power right. of his spirit to become who you would be, um, uh, for instance, I, I used to, I, I am, a, we talked about this before we went on the air, I don't mind spending time by myself. I right. enjoy that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it weren't for people, I could live a whole lot better Christian life. <laughs> you know, that type, that type of attitude. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and I can't take that as an excuse of who God has made me to be and say, well, I'm just not going to associate with people. Because that's not God's plan. God said you need to meet with people, encourage one another, and mm-hmm. spur one another on to love and good deeds. You need one another. My go-to is if I could not have anybody around me, I I could I could do like a whole I lot do better, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And and God says that's not 
my purpose for you. And you have the same purpose. You may be an outgoing person. You still need to meet with each other mm-hmm. to spur one of Those things are universal, but it doesn't change our personalities. It doesn't change the things we deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does. Uh, yeah. It, does that the, make sense? The, the, the bar is the same. It's not like the bar gets lowered or raised based on our personalities. Right. But based on the uniqueness of us, there may be different... Uh, distances that need to be covered to to, exactly. <laughs> to reach that bar for certain people versus other people. So I feel like we've covered a a lot of ground. Yeah. We've gone a lot of different mm-hmm. ways with it. Were there any points um, in particular you wanted to emphasize before we uh, finish up for the day? You know, any uh-huh. any specific things that you were like, I, I would love for people to, to hear about this. It's something that's oh. important to me. The main thing is in, in my purpose in, in life has become to share with people that the gospel is better news than what they've heard. Yeah. And that there is a language of victory in here, not a language of defeat. And we have as as Christians and, and Christianity in general has accepted this language of defeat mm. that we're always going to be captive, we're always going to be sinners, we're always uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Thank God for his grace. Mm-hmm. And that's not the that's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you start reading scripture with the language of victory that's in there, mm-hmm. it becomes a whole different message. Mm-hmm. And that's the message that it's good news. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, it becomes it goes from good news to this incredible, incredible news. news that there is something Absolutely. better. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's. Um, what I think uh, is what you saw in the early church a lot of times is that 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 scope of that good news really started to come through because they they hadn't taken that defeatist attitude they were um, uh, you know trying to they they were recognizing that there was a real victory that had been won in Jesus and um and that's contagious. That that is good news yes. for lots of people. Um, and 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 I would caution about don't stay away from. It, it's hard to find this this in the church today. I'll be honest with you. I, it, it's like it's like swimming upstream, right? You know. But if if you're uh, having questions about the church uh, or being involved in it, try to find a place where. They they don't speak the language of defeat. We we're not like a a place where people go. It's like a hospital. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the hospital to hug everybody and say, "Oh, uh, we're all sick, but it's okay." Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we need to have a place of healing and a place of that yeah. gives people hope. And I I don't know that we've created that in the church. And I I hope that we can get that language of defeat out of the church and say, "There's a better life." Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage each other. There's there's something better. Um, we're not going to condemn you if you slip up, mm-hmm. but we're going to remind you. Yeah, mm. that, that there's a better life. That there's you a better can, life you can be going yeah. after. Yeah, it's funny. I think uh, I think Nick and I have both gotten into some bands in our history that very much were on that sort of wavelength where they were considered christian bands but they all sort of 
express these emotions of feeling stuck in sin, you know, and feeling like they were mentally wired to always be this way, you yeah. know, and um, they really kind of, wouldn't you say glorified in that kind of mm-hmm. way of being, um, being sinners, being sinners. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, like in a, it, all, they, they treated that as like a, a way to express all their angst and right. um, feeling like they're chained to this. Um, and, you know, it was nice for me, and I think even you, in the mm-hmm. at the in the time to hear that because it was like, well, f- at least finally someone's voicing what I feel like. I feel like I'm chained, even as right. a Christian, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, I talk about some of these bands with some people, and uh, some Christians would be like, well, I, I, yeah, these are this too too heavy for me. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I think I think that's uh, I I wish that. Th- those bands and those people in those bands could hear what you're saying right now. Cause I really do feel like it's an answer to them feeling like they've just been like pre-wired to exist in this chain place, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, and never get, we can never lose that. Paul continued to say, I'm the worst of sinners, mm-hmm. you know, never forget that feeling of being right. But there's an answer. Feeling, yeah. There's, we have to provide the answer to, and uh, and hope for people, mm. and 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 even myself. I this helps me to talk about it because I can forget. I can lose focus so easily, and when I lose focus, I, you know, I'll, I'll be tempted to go down that other path. You know, right. and and it's it's not a path I want to go on. Mm. But it's it's always a pull. Yeah. My uh, my uh, my friend, he's a cocaine addict. Again, he mm-hmm. says. I don't lose the battle when I go and get the drug. Mm-hmm. I lose the battle in my mind, in my, in the way I think. Mm-hmm. And if I get in the car to go, I've lost. Mm. You know, it, it's a, it's this mental thing that we have to go through every single day that says, okay, this is, I'm going to think victoriously. I'm going to think who God has what God has allowed me to have, I'm, that's that's, and it starts with those mer- new mercies every day, not getting down on ourselves, because yeah. um, we all know, we all know who we really are, and yeah. inside, so never lose that. But that's that's not the new life He wants for us. Inside. Yeah, I've been going to see a, a counselor for the last few months, um, who's been like a therapist what? who's been helping me through that. Yeah, yeah know, what's right? wrong with you? I know, right? <laughs> Might be a little crazy. <laughs> Um, and he said something really interesting that he talked about just kind of some of the neuroscience of it, that the things that you think about, the things that you dwell on, um, start to form, you know, our brains have all these little wrinkles and grooves in them. A lot of those are just certain neural pathways. And the, the more that you think about a thing, the more that you dwell on that thing, the deeper those ruts become it's kind of like a river and it just becomes deeper and deeper and deeper and 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 over a lifetime it gets harder and harder and harder to 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 get out of deviate from that yeah Yeah, because they're just they're so deep those neural pathways are, are really embedded and so i think that's part of why uh paul uh calls us not to dwell on on the things of the earth, on, on these sort of negative mm-hmm. things, but whatever is good, whatever is true, mm-hmm. whatever is, 
you know, think about such things, he says. Mm-hmm. And um, my counselor was saying there's, there's, like, a, there's like all this uh, clinical research that they're doing. Um, you, you'll hear sometimes people talk about the power of positive thinking, but, you know, right. the, they're related concepts in right. some ways. But there's just there is something to be said for where your focus is on, what you are dwelling on, what you are thinking about. And how easy it becomes to go there again. Yes. Because those those just get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so I think one of the real encouraging things that we can do as Christians is is to dwell on on Christ, right. on his victory, on 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 whatever's good, whatever's true, all those kinds of things. Um, because then they will uh drive these ruts deeper and deeper. Right. <laughs> um and, and, and the thought and part of what we feel like we've seen, uh, you know, as just is that because churches spend so much time focusing on on our brokenness, right? I'm just worried that we're 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 driving the wrong ruts in our brain. You know, we're 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 driving the wrong message home too deep, <laughs> which is just this constant focus on our own brokenness. Right. And so that's why I I like to encourage people to focus on. Um, on Jesus specifically, on the victory right. he had, he there, and the power that he has given to us. So, um, well, I think that, um, like I said, we, there's a million different directions we could yeah. go. I'm sure we could take this conversation even way longer, but we'll try to be respectful of y'all's time. Thank you to all of y'all that have uh, tuned in the whole time. It seemed like we had a good number of viewers the whole time. So, thank you for tuning in. Um, this is one of those topics that. Um, really was a um a life changing thing i i would say for for both of us i can speak yes. at, at least especially we've we've seen our lives take just a whole different path once we started to really realize what the bible actually said when it comes to to obedience um and so you know that's just uh, i guess i'm going to uh, give that invitation to any of you that are watching or anybody that may be watching later um I really do think that the the gospel provides you it's good news and it provides you a, a different way of life, a better life. Um and I think all three of us would say come join us on that exactly. <laughs> journey. <laughs> so, thanks for tuning in. Uh we would encourage you uh check out our Sunday live stream at 7 o'clock uh right here on Facebook and YouTube wherever you're watching. Um, this Sunday, we're going to be starting our new uh, sermon series looking at the book of Genesis, going back to the just the very beginnings of um, the Bible, some of the, the, the foundations that get built on later on. And um, just as a, as a tease, I guess I will say that um, one of the things Dave mentioned here earlier, the, the idea of, of God being with us together with us and and God being in the room and stuff like that. Um, you get the beginnings of that uh, right in the very first words of the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on this Sunday. What does it mean for God to be with us? And um, I think that'll be something that will be um, just kind of a, a cool way to look at what what God's plan and God's story has been all along. So if you want to hear more about that, tune in, watch us uh, this Sunday, seven o'clock. We uh, hope to see all of y'all there. And thanks Dave for jumping on. Appreciate it. Uh Thanks Dave.